everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia. I'm the host of the show. I've been doing this show since 2019, and I bring on really cool guests from the sex work industry um, every single Sunday, including this week, which I'm super excited to kind of get into details about who I'm bringing on today. But a little bit about me, I am also a sex worker and I am a digital content creator. I'm also a stripper. Catch me this week at Shaker's Show Lounge in Surrey, Canada. If you are there, come tip me. And (laughs) I'm also a former sugar baby many, many moons ago. You could hear about that on other past episodes. But I'm really not talking about myself because I really don't like talking about myself at all. If you've heard any of my AMAs where I'm a solo on the show, it's really awkward. Um, Don't listen to those episodes. But (laughs) I'm really stoked to bring on today's guest um, who goes by the name of Kate Kennedy. And not to be confused with the other Kate Kennedy from the Be There in Five podcast. (laughs) Who's another person? Like, I'm like, is it Kate Kennedy from that show? I'm like, what? I don't know who's a sex worker. Not that one, but Kate Kennedy, who is a LA-based stand-up comedian. She's also a content creator, a porn person, as well as multiple podcast hosts on The Kennedy Assassination, Cam Girl Chronicles, and Two Girls, One Mic, The Porncast. <laughs> Kate, are you there? I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. And I would just like to say, to be clear, even though that is other Kate Kennedy's real legal name, (laughs) she was not creating content when I first picked this name in like 2018, (laughs) uh, 2017, actually. So in my defense, she had not launched her. and I'm sure she gets that all of the time. Um, And it's probably really annoyed with me. And I'm sorry, other Kate. Um, uh, I'm a fan of your stuff, too. I've also left my curling iron on a lot of times. Yes. I love that show too. I'm a huge listener of that show as well. I'm just like, Kate Kennedy? Kate Kennedy? What? No. But um, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. You are a person of many talents and I am so excited to kind of get into everything. Today with you, we're going to be talking about sex work, obviously, different forms of sex work that you do. We're also going to talk about comedy which I'm really stoked and hoping to get some laughs out of, (laughs) and also your activism. Um, Just before we get into everything, I do want to give a shout out to um, two of the patrons, patrons, patrons from Patreon. Shout out to Arup Sarkar, as well as Justin Erickson, who are on the top tier of the Patreon and... um, if you haven't already subscribed to that, please do. It's patreon.com slash strip by Sia. Um, fan recognition shout outs are on every episode if you're on the top tier. So please subscribe. Um, but going back to Kate. <laughs> oh, my God. You do a lot of things, girl. Yes. That's what people constantly tell me. They're like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go do blah, 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 blah. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't, I don't have a lot of hobbies. I tend to, I have bad ADHD and I throw myself completely into everything. Um, (laughs) So I'm always off on some, like, and it's always a random thing that I've like never done before, Um, which is kind of also how I got into sex work. Um, Oh, okay. I mean, you know, you just got to keep life interesting, right? (laughs) I've always found in my life and I don't know if I'm like, just like super blessed or cursed or what this is but like it seems like the things that I need to do like the adventures that I want to go on just like present themselves to me 
Mm-hmm. Like someone, every time I'm in a place in my life where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do and I'm lost and I don't, you know, I don't know what the next step is. Like someone has come along like a magical little fairy and been like, Hey, would you like to do this? And I'm, I just say yes. And I'm open to the universe and <laughs> I'm willing to throw my life away and move across the country every like three to four years. Cause I get bored. So, um, uh, I love it. never a dull moment. Yeah, thank you. One of the greatest things about sex work is that it allows you to just have all of these amazing adventures. Um, Totally. And it has been for me, for sure. I was um, like a year out of college and I could not get a job in like either of the fields my degrees are in. I have a degree in journalism and a degree in art history. Okay. yeah, could not get could not get a job. I was in a dead end relationship. I was doing some like lifestyle BDSM stuff mm-hmm. at the time, and I was having a good time with that. And I ended up getting offered a job behind the scenes for a porn studio up in Portland, Oregon. What? Um, oh, yeah, I had been up there for Kinkfest, and they cool. messaged or emailed me like a few months later, and were like, "Hey, we met you. We need a new marketing person. Um, would you be interested in a job in this industry?" And I was like, yeah, that sounds super sounds fucking cool. fun. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I like worked up there for like a year and I was like a PA. I held the camera. I did the lights. I helped build like the bondage equipment that we would like walk these girls in. And like I coded mailers, you know, I did their social media, did a little of everything. And it was a really fun like intro to mm-hmm. the adult industry. Yeah. Really behind the scenes, like literally. Yeah. Well, you definitely, especially being in porn, like you got to see like what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. And so like I instantly had like met a bunch of people that lived in L.A. and I was watching them on sets. And then they had been like, you know, like you're also cute. Like if you ever <laughs> want to shoot, you can. <laughs> and uh, I was like, OK, I don't know that I necessarily, you know, want that. Like, you know, I wasn't sure. So I it was like six months before I was like, OK, yeah, actually, like. I want to see in front of the camera. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, What? But it was great because I shot my first ever scenes like for the company I worked for. So it was just like around people that I hung out with every day anyways. Well, that's awesome because like most people like that experience would not happen and the opportunity would not have been presented to them. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Very few people get asked if they want to join the adult industry. No one. Like, yeah. you have to, like, like when people, like, guys especially be like, how do I become a porn star? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> like, I literally got offered the job because I have a college degree in this. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool, though. That's such a, like, really unique way to get into the sex industry. Like, were you nervous at all? Like, did you have any apprehensions? Because you said it took about six months, um, I guess, until you came in front of the camera. Came in front yeah. of the camera, literally. I mean, always those, I don't even want to call it nerves, but just the, and I would, I think anyone who decides to get into, especially like online sex work, porn of any kind where like your face and body are on the internet forever. Yep. Um, you know, I think I would encourage anyone to seriously like weigh the potential consequences of what that's going to look like in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you can, it was the right decision for me. I'm glad I made that decision. It's not going to be the right decision for everybody. Right. And that's okay. Um, but definitely like weighing those consequences and being like, you know, is this what I want to do? Is this going to be worth it for me? And for me, it totally was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really, you know, waited and was kind of, I have to pump my own brakes sometimes. Cause like I said, I'm a person that just constantly wants to like go off on adventures. <laughs> um, so I was proud of myself for being like, okay, exercise like a tiny bit of self-control. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, I did that and I worked there for a year. It was a fucking blast. And then I had gone to AVN in 2018 mm. to kind of network with other people. And yeah. um, being a producer at AVN is like the fucking tits. Yeah. Um, so nice to you. Because <laughs> uh, I went as a model the next, the years after that. And I was like, oh, this is. It's not are, the same experience. Not the same. Like, no one is like uh, sucking my metaphorical dick for trying to get work. <laughs> um, I don't know that I like this as much. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I went and I um, ended up signing with an agency and I came down to LA and was, I, I told the people that I was working for up in Oregon, you know, like, hey, this is kind of presenting itself. And mm-hmm. I was already 24. So I was a little old older getting into the porn industry oh. um that not that that's older older because there are people that just come in as like milfs also yeah that too that's but, a huge niche <laughs> yeah huge niche but that like mid-20s like kind of bracket is an it's not usually when people get in people that's usually like, get in really young at like yeah. 18 or they wait and I was you know but I looked young so I still uh I you can still play just, those parts yeah, much like Timothy Chalamet, I've been playing 18 until I was like 25. <laughs> um, That's really interesting. I never actually really thought about that. Like it's almost like, I guess mid-20s is almost like a porn limbo. Yeah, it is. It definitely yeah. is. They have a category for it now where it's called like babe. Babe? They've been trying to push it where it's like, it's not like teen, it's not MILF, it's like babe. Interesting. Like you're just like a hot girl. Like Because before like the, you know, big explosion of like internet porn and teen and MILF as like the two categories, like yeah. most porn performers were at that age right like a lot of them were just really hot girls in their like mid-20s um and then that kind of dried up with the internet so yeah um, they're trying to bring it back I you know I'm I'm closing in on 28 here so (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so I ended up coming down to LA and I shot for like a week I came down and was just like let me try it out I got a lot of bookings it went really well so I was like okay I'm gonna move to LA and packed up my dog and we came down here in June of 2018 so we've been here ever since oh my gosh and Portland versus LA is such a huge like stark contrast yeah very different I mean I like the west coast anyways I'm definitely like a west coast person yeah I grew up in Colorado so um yeah similar vibes all around um like I also joke I've never as an adult lived in a state where marijuana was illegal like Colorado legalized weed when I was 18 it was like the first election I ever got to vote in perfect um, yeah and I moved from there to uh to Oregon to California um wow. so yeah I like my my west coast best coast but um Agreed. yeah no it's definitely a lot different <laughs> I uh I love Portland Portland's a super cute town um yeah, there's fun. a lot of stuff I really like about it yeah I I love living in Hollywood though I'm, I'm so glad that I've lived in LA in my 20s like it's just mm-hmm. that's something I'd recommend to everybody is like if you want to live in the big city like just go try it do it like, at least give it a shot because <laughs> it's so fun like it's just so cool to get to be in the center of where everything is happening yeah literally though and like such a good location especially for porn too because I always hear yes. like LA or Miami yeah it's that. all LA or Miami and then yeah. like well now it's changed so much because now like it, it's amazing because I even talk about it with like my friends and stuff now when people ask me questions about porn and I'm like you know it's literally I retired in 2020 during COVID mm-hmm. from like studio porn right. um just because everything was literally we got back from AVN COVID started happening everything was so up in the air there was a lot of different I mean this was true of like all industries like how are we going to do this safely um yeah. there was a lot of yeah just differing opinions and so I had just told my agent I was like look I'm staying home till this is all blown over 
um, thinking it would be like a couple month hiatus. And then (laughs) I was like, I guess I don't do this anymore. Um, Yeah. Didn't we all think like that? We're like, oh, two weeks. It's going to be done. (laughs) I like made, I made soup. I was like, oh, cool. I'm just going to like go to, I went and gotten a lot of groceries. I was like, I'm going to get puzzles and uh, this is going to be really fun. And uh, it was not. No. It was not. I was wrong. (laughs) Okay, we we all were, so we all like. I mean, even to this day, I, I like, yeah, I guess like two and a half years later, still can't believe it's still like <laughs> going on. But you know yeah, what, the no. world keeps moving, right? And we we got to keep pivoting. And yes, yeah. well, <sighs> with all of that, like OnlyFans and online content creation now, like it mm-hmm. is. I mean, I loved doing studio porn. There's something mm-hmm. about that that is so fun. But it it felt like an anachronism even before COVID. Oh, like, go into that. It, like making studio porn is such a production. It is. Literally. Yeah. Like, there's like, even with like the, because the profit margins now are so, so slim since what they used to be. Um, really? Yeah. Well, with like, you know, the advent of free porn, I'm saying that in quotation yes. marks, um, online and, uh, you know, moving away from like DVDs. I've just started watching actually last night um, the new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy. Oh, about- the Pamela Anderson sex tape and there's a lot of like and it takes place in the 90s and there's all these like porno people in it um because they're who's distributing this tape and they're like we're gonna hit three billion by 1997 everyone's watching on videotapes oh my god um it's just so so different and so like yeah even doing it here like making these real like movies with like crews and makeup and everything um it's uh even then it was like wow it's amazing we're still making these I think there'll always be yeah. a small market for that kind of super produced stuff but like I think the pandemic and the rise of OnlyFans and everything has really shown that what people really want and will pay for and from my perspective as a sex worker who makes their living doing this is that they want that intimacy they want that connection mm-hmm. they want just that one girl like in her own room on her webcam yeah you know um and it's so it's amazing and I mean that's great for creators too because up totally. until like you're saying recently you had to live in LA or in Miami yeah um now there's girls that you know make six figures easily and they live in Missouri yeah um, it's, it's made this it, on their own it's made it really really accessible yeah yeah very accessible and just the the options that you have how much more flexibility you have when you're just working for yourself yes um you can create the kind of content that you want to create on the schedule that works for you um you know even for me like when I was performing full-time in porn I was blonde and I was tan and like that was the look very um (laughs) very LA and yeah because like I have dark red hair when I first moved they were like you know um we really have brunettes and we have blondes like mm, no no redheads they well they, like there is but it's they're like you know it's more of a niche you won't work as much and that's totally true really um, yeah because they would do like and there's like a story I tell about this where there was a company that I would work for all the time um mm-hmm. new sensations okay. really liked the directors I was working for them like a couple of times a month it was great and then I just didn't get a booking for them for like three months what? And I was like, what the hell? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, are they mad at me? And then, like, all of the like DVDs that they were making at that point came out. They were making brunette movies. That's why. So I couldn't be in them. So it's stuff oh. like that where it's just like it's so dependent on whatever they're shooting or trends, and you might just not be the right person. Wow. Her, but that can like impact your work. 
totally. And it's not like you did anything wrong at all. They like kept booking me again as soon as they could. But like they don't have a lot of say in who they book either. Right. I never even thought about that in terms of like different layers of prioritization and like different looks, different trends that are happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like no one ever really talks about that kind of stuff. So thank you for bringing that up and being so transparent about that. That that really yeah, – that makes me – hmm. that's really interesting. Like I really feel that could be really frustrating for some people that like quote unquote like don't fit the look. Yeah. Oh, it's super frustrating. And two, it's like it also impacts a lot of performers of color. Yeah. Um, Yes. That, you know, like if you're, you know, Asian and you can only be in like the Asian girl movies, like yeah, it's so the- weird that that's still a thing. I know. And we're just like, oh yeah, that's a thing, like in porn. It's um, so, like typecasty and like just yeah. caters to stereotypes and like fetishization and like bleh, it just makes mm-hmm. me feel like monkey. Yeah, 100%. I will say there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in like adult film um, yeah. that kind of breaks with those kind of tropes which I'm really glad to see um yeah yeah, a lot of that kind of porn yeah is just like wildly outdated which is kind of crazy um it's funny uh, yeah that was like a thing before (laughs) like I mean yeah sign of the times I suppose (laughs) I guess yeah I mean I I really love this whole trend of you know people just being able to go online and finding like a person who creates the kind of content that they want to see that they Mm -hmm. like um, that they can like you know gel with and uh yeah I think that's I, I think it's cool because it puts so much more power back in the hands of the creators and performers yeah. and the emphasis um, on like creativity too yeah so, oh 100% I mean like going along with like the signs of the times but like how how was it in terms of like you transitioning from full production porn to you know, creating your own content. Was it really hard for you to start that, to kind of get going and to gain momentum or to find people to shoot with? Or how did they all go down for you? So I've been creating my own content the whole time I was in the industry. So oh, even okay. while I was performing full-time, I was on – I'd been on OnlyFans since 2017. Oh, you um, OG ones. <laughs> yeah. It was already a thing that, like, while you were doing porn – and, like, that was part of moving down here too is that, mm-hmm. you know, people would be like, okay, if you have – like a professional booking maybe once or twice a week, um, which mm-hmm. is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, then the other days, you know, you're still tested. You're in this area where there's all the other performers, so you can shoot your own stuff. You can do content trades, stuff like that. Oh, fun. So I already had a ton of content um, already and a lot of it that I hadn't released, so that was great. So when COVID really, you know, picked up and I started really focusing seriously on OnlyFans, I was in a good position for that because I had literally hundreds of clips and, like, thousands Sweet. of photos. Nice. Um, so, but it, it has been hard in terms of like, cause I, I do talk about this sometimes where people are like, Oh, it's so easy. Like you should take pictures on your iPhone. Like, right. it's so, I'm like, okay, you have to do all of like, you, I don't, people are like, you can just do, sorry, I'm trying to explain this. <laughs> people are like, Oh my God, like you look good without makeup. Like you can just do whatever. I'm like, okay, if there's going to be naked pictures of me on the internet, I want to look fucking hot in them. <laughs> Like, I don't care that I'm naked on the internet. I just want to look good. Like, I'm not posting, like, a completely undone, unretouched, no-makeup selfie online. You will not see that from me. No. I have some pride. In case it gets Um, leaked, we want to make sure that we look good. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. So, I'm like, you know, you have to do all of that. And then there's, like, I have, like, a whole room in my house that's just for, you know, like, lighting equipment, camera, tripods, like, all of this stuff. And, you know, you have to have, like, I live in a small apartment with my dog. 
-hmm. So like, I would love to have extra room where I could actually like have a room to shoot in. I don't have that. Yeah. So like my house has to like be, you know, decently clean. So it looks nice. I have to look good. All of the outfits, you have to style all of these shoots. Like you're not just the performer, you're the director, the Mm -hmm. producer, the editor, the marketing, like you're, you all of a sudden we had to take on like 10 extra jobs. Yeah. You're a one woman show. Yeah. Which is a lot. Um, A lot of work. Yeah. It's a ton of work. And also too, even because I also have friends like obviously in the comedy world and just like the internet world who put out different kinds of content or different kinds of content creators. And when I like tell them, like I break down like the minimum output that I have to hit Mm -hmm. for like my OnlyFans to continue. Like I have a minimum of how many photos need to go out every week, how many videos need to be made. And it's like, 10 times the amount of content that they have to put out yeah it's, it's so much more work yeah and that's like i said before in other episodes like online on like digital work is so much harder in my in my opinion so much harder than in-person yeah. work oh so much harder because <laughs> you're also self-paced and like i often joke that i'm like the worst employee and the worst boss i've ever had <laughs> like i am a terrible manager and i'm really bad at managing myself <laughs> Well, it takes like a lot of motivation and for you to just like keep that up because like, as you said, it's almost like a 24-7 kind of gig, yeah. right? Like you have to- Well, there's never a time you can't be working. Yes. Like if if you have your iPhone, right? Like that's the 90% of what I have to do takes place on my iPhone. So if yeah. I have it and I just have downtime, that constant pressure of I should be working mm-hmm. is always right there. And so it's really hard. Like I've had to- be very like specific in like taking time off mm-hmm. where I'm like I am you know going on a vacation I'm going wherever like I am not we're this is not a work trip we're not doing this yeah um because otherwise like the pressure to constantly do it can become so great that then you don't want to do anything and I get like paralyzed <laughs> um it's, it's like two extremes there's no middle ground ever <laughs> yeah, none and as soon as you feel like you're caught up and you're like yeah I'm doing it then you're like as, as soon as you're caught up you're behind again Oh yeah, um, I, I I completely relate. <laughs> it's uh, it's exhausting. I do love it. I'm very. I don't want to like ever come off as not being grateful for like the opportunities that I have to do this kind of work, um, because it is great. And especially through the pandemic, you know, I've watched so many of my friends really struggle with mm-hmm. finances and and everything like that. And I've been so lucky in that that has not been my experience. Good. Um, like I've been able to work solidly from my house, be safe you know, yes. not have to deal with a lot of these things. So I'm really grateful for that. But it is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's really great that you I mean, it's really awesome that you're super transparent about it. Because like a lot of the questions that we get here is like, how do you get into this? And like, you know, what are the, where do you break the struggles when you start breaking onto an OnlyFans account and all that stuff? So like, the more transparent, the better because we're not trying we're not here trying to glamorize this kind of work. No, like we don't need to. It's there's already so many fun aspects of it that are fun and cool and glamorous. And I think they're obvious. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's like, yeah, I just want people to recognize that it's like it is work. It is a lot of work. Um, and also, too, like it's because I, I mean, I also, am, you know, somebody that will always like like my DMs are always open to like new sex workers or sex workers that have questions or whatever. If <laughs> if I if I seem like the person you should go to for career advice, <laughs> which means you've exhausted all other avenues. <laughs> you can ask. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, gonna, we'll, we'll, I definitely be, myself. we'll be plugging. I mean, all of your links and all yeah. that's going to be in the show um, notes and we'll plug more things at the end of the show for sure. If you do want to reach out to Kate, if anyone's listening. We <laughs> totally can but my my thing with it is too is that like especially on OnlyFans like it's it it's called OnlyFans 
<laughs> like yes. you have to have fans first. Yeah, that's the like, struggle. The the whole idea of and like it was kind of I mean this was not coming from sex workers this was more coming from like uh like civilian non-sex worker friends that I have like over the pandemic because it was that joke of like oh guess you're just gonna have to start an OnlyFans yes like yeah you know what you can just sign up and it just yeah it just prints money that's it you don't have to work at all (laughs) nothing nothing to it like it was it's so frustrating because I had like people asking me that like and also like friends of mine where I was like, okay, I I know you're not meaning to be disrespectful about this, mm-hmm. but like the reason I make money on that or I'm successful at it is because I also busted my ass for like three years prior to that. Yes. Like they building are. up a brand, building up a following, building up like content. Like it's not something that happened overnight. I worked really fucking hard for a long time to get there. Yeah. And people will seem to like tend to ignore that aspect mm-hmm. of it. So uh, which is like super frustrating because yeah, a lot of us get those those, those kind of questions a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but and it's like people don't get that it's disrespectful. Yeah, and that's what the really annoying part yeah. though. It's just like it is. Would I ask you about your job? And like, yeah. But I like I wouldn't expect to just be able to walk into somebody else's job and do it. Yeah, and be really successful at it immediately. No, that doesn't like, ever happen. <laughs> no, that's that's not a thing. There's like a ton of jobs that I would be super bad at and, and should not assume that I could do that with. Um, well, what, but, a, uh, what about like your comedian job? <laughs> How has that been for you? So I started doing stand-up in 2019 um, and I was really lucky. I got to start doing it at the World Famous Comedy Store here in LA. Oh, um and I was on a show there for six months, which was super fun and an amazing experience. Um, and I just really loved it. And I was like, okay, I want to do this all the time. So like, and I joke about this too, like there was a, a period of overlap where I was doing professional porn during the day and I would do stand up at night. Seriously? So, yeah. So I would, I was constantly like running from like shoots to like get to an open mic or get to a show. Oh and God. like, I would joke that I was like, yeah, I would suck dick all day and like eat shit all night. <laughs> um, it was just a ridiculous lifestyle <laughs> that sounds um, like super tiring I like tore my tongue doing a blowjob scene one time and then I had to like drive to like the improv like holding my tongue down so like the blood didn't come out of my mouth and do my set and I was like lisping <laughs> first of all how do you tear your tongue during a blowjob it was like it was a miscommunication I was like kind of upside it was like a rough blowjob oh uh, website yeah. And I was like upside down and we had paused for a second and I there was so much spit in my mouth and I needed to like swallow it because I was like choking. Yeah. And he like pulled out and so I was like, okay, I have a second. And my tongue was like towards the back of my mouth, like when you're swallowing, you know? Yeah. And he wasn't looking stuck, like rammed his dick in there. <gasps> and so the little tendon that connects the bottom of your tongue to the bottom of your mouth. Oh my God. It like tore. What? Oh yeah. God. <laughs> I'm like all of a sudden they're like there's blood and he thought it was like my tonsils I was like no not like holding my tongue down because I would like if I put like picked my tongue up it was like shooting blood out of my Oh my god. That sounds so traumatizing. I was like it, I mean it didn't hurt that bad. It was just like very I was like very awkward and I was like they're like well can you finish off well, like not without bleeding? <laughs> can, like, can you come on my face now please? Well <laughs> over with. <laughs> I have to guess the improv. I 
can just like picture this happening. Oh my god! Wow, that is. And I tend to be very chill in those kind of situations. Like I'm just like, okay, this happened. Whatever. Like let's move on. And like everyone else around me is like freaking out. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Go over with. I have other things to do today. Did you um, were you able to do your show at that in the evening? Yes. I like I got oh some like ice and was like driving. I literally was, like, driving like over like Laurel Canyon, like with like ice in my mouth. <laughs> like, trying to get down. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare, but also it's really funny. <laughs> and I'm sorry to laugh at you. But... Well, I think like we were saying earlier is that like this kind of job and a lot of jobs like demand humor. So like when stuff like that happens to me, I literally it's not even for a second where I'm like, oh, this sucks and this is unfortunate. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. This especially is now like you have to like recant the story and it's like freaking like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my God, I just got a great story out of this. Like I'm not mad at all. Um, <laughs> but uh no, it was really fun. I just started doing a lot of shows. Obviously the pandemic kind of put a little bit of a kibosh on that um but I've still gotten to do some like underground stuff and you know different stuff here and there and like it's just awesome like it's it's been such a cool experience I got to bring up Bill Burr at the improv in October um yeah it was like one of the coolest experiences of my life um yeah and like just getting to like meet you know amazing like amazing people and getting to constantly see so a lot of my really good friends have come from stand up in that world so yeah mm-hmm. um and I think there are two jobs that I mean for me they went really well together okay um, yeah what do you mean by that and also too like you know I think people don't always think about sex work as a stepping stone to other stuff and I think they mm-hmm. should more yeah um because especially with like doing stand up like stand up is a really <laughs> it's a really hard job to do mm-hmm. um Especially if you're, because, you know, you have to, like, be out, like, every night. I mean, you're going to mics, like, every single night. Right. You're out really late. You're trying to meet people and network and stuff. And if you have, like, a full-time day job doing that, it's it's almost impossible. It's yeah. exhausting. Um, so for me, being able to do, like, OnlyFans and then, you know, basically have my days free mm. to yes. write, to do whatever. And then I, you know, have enough money to be able to go out and do these mics or do whatever because you don't make a lot of money in stand up mm-hmm. especially when you're new and so like the ability to just be able to do both of those things which i think is so rare for someone that like doesn't have a trust fund um, <laughs> like it, it was great for me you know so like and i yeah actually my like uh, former therapist said that to my parents one time too where they were like you've thrown your life away doing porn blah 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 and he like stopped he was like people do sex work. I was so proud of him in this moment. He's like, people do sex work for all different reasons. Yes. People do sex work to get through medical school. Mm-hmm. People do sex work who become lawyers, who become executives. He's like, we don't talk enough about this. But for many, many people, this is the way that they get where they want to go. Yeah. And he's like, your daughter. And then he goes, your daughter seems like a very well-adjusted, bright young woman who clearly knows what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. He meant to that. I was like, can I give you a hug? (laughs) Is this inappropriate? Wow. But yeah, so it was a good, I mean, it helped me build up like a following online where I could do podcasts, I could do different kinds of content. Like even right now I'm, you know, thinking of next steps and, you know, where I want to take that. But like I will always have, well, hopefully, (laughs) once I shut Twitter down, but like I'll always have that, you know, online following that I can kind of parlay into anything else that I want to do online, whether it's an Etsy shop or safe for work content or podcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really valuable to me. 
Yeah, that's so, so important. And like, as we kind of mentioned earlier too, with like, say like building an OnlyFans account, um, building the following is always like the hardest part. And to find people that are going to support you is always really, really tricky. Like yeah. when, when you embarked in to comedy, how was your support system there? And like, what kind of challenges did you go through with that? Because that's hard. And you're, you're very brave for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm either really brave or really stupid. And I think it's a healthy combination of the two. Um, uh, but um, no, mine was great. I mean, so part of my background, like my journalism degree is specifically in advertising with like a focus on digital brand strategy okay, um, and social media management. So that's like what I did in a previous life. Um, and uh, I used to like run a bunch of social media for Hello Kitty, which was what? a fun job in college. Yeah, awesome. that's amazing. I love Hello um, Kitty. <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. They sent me this like pink motorcycle jacket from Japan. It was like really <gasps> cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was so fun. Uh, but um, yeah, so like I, that's kind of my background. So I already was pretty well versed in like what it takes to build a following online mm-hmm. um, and how to do that. And I also went through like I was very specific with the kind of branding that I wanted to do with myself. Cause I think one, you have to be able to, as a sex worker building this kind of online following, you know, on some level, the, the product is you, is your, and that's true of any influencer, your, your personality, your looks, your body. So you have to be able to step outside of that and be a little objective, Mm -hmm. um, which has never been an issue for, for me. Um, like I, I don't mind. I can look and be like, Oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't look great that day. (laughs) I didn't, I could have done that better, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, you have to be able to step outside that a little bit. And then I just went through and like, I was a pretty online teenager kid in like the very early days of YouTube and like MySpace. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) And I remember like seeing people online that were like almost like proto influencers, like before influencer was a term Mm. and thinking like, you know, there was like people like, especially like girls, I guess that probably like a little older than me that I was like obsessed with. Yes. Oh my God. You're so, I feel like a lot of people have this where like, you're so cool. and, (laughs) And so I went back through and was like, okay, what was it about those people that I found so compelling? And so attractive and like I wanted to kind of duplicate that so it would be like not just like oh you're another hot girl on the internet because if you want to play that game you'll always lose. Yeah. Um, There's always going to be someone hotter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But you know what makes you you know interesting what are your like hobbies what are the I always try to put like the best version of myself out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so honestly like being able to do that and look at yourself really critically and objectively like that I think has helped me in a lot of other areas in my life because it's made me realize like oh these are specifically like my gifts or talents this is what I'm really good at right and I can parlay those into anything else I want to do but being able to like objectively say like oh no I'm really good at, at these things and I'm not as good at these things um has helped me even in like finding other kinds of work and in just knowing myself I guess so yeah mm-hmm. I like was very specific in how I wanted to build up my following. They've really, uh, I love my fan base. They're great. They've been really supportive of all my stand-up I do. Like, I constantly get messages like, are you going to post more stand-up on your OnlyFans? I want to see more stand-up. That's awesome. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and they, like, listen to my podcasts and, you know, kind of have just been really, really awesome. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really, really great. And, like, I mean, with all – with your branding for yourself and also like what you studied and stuff too. Did all that ever like prepare you for comedy (laughs) at all? Or was it just like 
holy shit, this is like I'm on a different planet kind of ordeal. Um, I mean, I think in terms of like writing, um, like writing copy or just figuring out, you know, what's going to work online. Mm -hmm. That's like a, that's a big skill now um, that, you know, is just really valuable in almost every, like every kind of aspect of like business or anything. Everyone needs to be online and have like an online presence now. Um, So that's been helpful. But as far as like, you know, fitting in or like being in stand up, like most people have been really welcoming, really kind. Like I've never felt like, oh, I had to change who I was or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an island of misfit toys. It's kind of like porn. It attracts, <laughs> I think, very similar. Yeah. Um, like, there's a weird Venn diagram of like porn people, stand up comedy, and like the WWE. What? <laughs> like UFC. Like there's a weird between like porn fighting and jokes. They just attract, I don't know why, they just attract the same kind of people. (laughs) And I will say there's a smaller, like, tangential, like, other circle in there of, like, circus people. Oh, yeah, I can see that, too. I think it just attracts people that, like, want to kind of live on the margins of society Mm -hmm. and are just a little out there and different. And so definitely, like, my people. For sure. Um, Yeah. So... Like, in terms of, like, trying to blend, you know, sex work and stand-up, how has that been received? Like, have you ever turned any of, like, your stories or any of your experiences into material? Oh, constantly. Yeah. Like, so many of my jokes are about porn. And, like, it's been kind of hard because I've tried to, like, steer away from that. And it is, like, having, like, training wheels because Mm. you get up on stage and, like, people aren't fascinated by porn. Aren't? like they're like everyone is interested in sex work they like all want it you say porn and people's like ears prick up yeah yeah and all of a sudden they're paying attention and you're like okay could you pay attention to my other jokes please (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no I mean I talk a lot about it and like and I always just try to do it in like a not even like a shock value kind of way but just like Mm -hmm. I usually the stories from it are so funny anyways that it's like they just write themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never steered away from it or like not, you know, said that that's what I do or whatever. Um, because, yeah, I mean, also, like, I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. It'd be like and, uh, my friends, like comedy people will be like, is it weird if I watch your porn? I'm like, no, no. go for it. It's, it is on the Internet. I literally do not care. <laughs> like, it, it does not bother me at all. Like, um, <laughs> when you were like first going into comedy like did you already know that that was kind of going to be your material or is that just something that naturally came out so the first time I did stand-up comedy I was I had done a podcast for this guy who ran the the show at the comedy store and he knew I was doing improv at Second City Mm -hmm. um so he knew I wanted to like be in comedy a little bit and he's like hey you know you're really funny like you can open my show if you want to write five minutes which is a great opportunity like that very rarely happens yeah and so I was like okay that sounds awesome and so then I his show was in April and I had finally gotten booked for my first anal scene Mm -hmm. like it took like months like we you know you're trying to get it for premium whatever it took forever and they finally called and it was supposed to be the Sunday morning after the show oh shit And so I had to call him that week and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry, but like, I can't, I would love to do your show another time. I can't do it this time because I can't be at a comedy club until two in the morning when I have to do blood stuff the next day. That's not how they work. And uh, he's like, okay, yeah, no worries, whatever. And so then it was the the show was Saturday night. The the scene was supposed to be Sunday. It was Thursday. 
And I got a call from my agent saying that the director saw my picture and said that he didn't like my face. What? And that I wasn't pretty enough to be on his site and canceled the shoot. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And it was the end of the month. It was like my rent money. Yeah. So I'm like freaking out because I've just lost like $2,500. Yeah. And I, I'm like running around my house. I'm like, I'm upset, all this stuff. And then finally, I'm like, I calm down. Because I'm usually, when I freak out, it's like a maybe 10-minute thing. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what's the next step? And so I was like, all right, what do we do? And I was like, I called the guy and I was like, can I still do your show at the comedy store? And he's like, yeah, okay. That's awesome. I had, well, I had 24 hours at that point to learn how to write stand-up. Oh, fuck. And go do the comedy <laughs> store at like 10.30 on a Saturday night. Oh, my God. This is <gasps> nerve-wracking. So I like Googled how to write stand-up. And then I wrote this whole set about how this guy screwed me over and wouldn't let me do my first anal scene. <laughs> and so I like did it. I like wrote the whole thing. And like it was it was funny. It worked. And like I, Yay. you know, it went really well. They had me on the show for six more months. Yay. And eventually the company found out that I was doing this set all over town. And then they called me and were like, you need to stop doing that joke. Oh, shit. Please stop. <gasps> and I was like, are you going to book me? Because yeah. there's a very easy way to make this stop. <laughs> like, um, I, and I was like, honestly, was like, the joke is really funny. I was like, his name is not super pertinent. So I will make I will compromise with you <laughs> I will leave his name out of the joke I'm still gonna do the joke and also you really shouldn't do this to people no and so like, that too yeah um Cute. fuck around and find out uh, <laughs> uh I will just make up a really mean joke about it if you're mean to me um I love that <laughs> yeah will end up in my set. Um, this is true for guys I date, too. Don't screw me over. This is also true. Oh, my God. You're like a material gold mine. <laughs> I'm like, it will It will come out. Like, I, you know, I abide by the general life rule of, like, if I don't want someone to know that I said something, I just simply will not say it. Yep. Like, if I, you know, like, if I say something about someone, I'm perfectly fine with them hearing it. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's that's what I meant um yeah so like you know and I yeah I have a big problem with people that will you know not like that um yeah. but anyways no yeah, so, uh, yeah my very first set was all porn um I've branched out a little since then but uh yeah that's amazing so, yeah. well, I just love how you're able to combine the two together and like kind of like make fun of yourself and just like have a good time at it as opposed to like you know we're so used to well, I don't know if it's still apparent now. I hope it's not apparent now. But like, you know, when co- comedians tend to like poke fun at sex workers or strippers or All like, time. yeah, like, is that still a thing? And like, how do you feel about that? Because like, I just feel it's like a taking a cheap jab. It's a shot. It's punching down. Like, I have no problem with a joke if the joke is funny. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, you can punch at me if it's funny. But a lot of times I hear jokes about that where I'm like, it's not even that it's not funny. It's that it's not accurate. Yeah. Like, they'll make jokes about porn and I'll be like, that's not how porn works. No, because like, I've never even done is- it. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know. And I'm like, okay. And, like, sometimes if it's, like, someone I know, because I've seen, like, you know, other open micers, I'll be, like, afterwards, I'll be like, hey, actually. Because th- my other thing is that their made-up version of what they think sex work or porn is like is not as funny as what it actually is like. No, and it's like so many like, sometimes too. Like yeah, the real story is so much funnier. Like let me tell you how this actually works and then do the joke like that. Cause if it's accurate, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um 
So yeah, I still get a little bit like, and again, my bigger thing is just not that I'm offended by the joke. I just don't think it's funny. No. no and I think that's either. more, you know, what people should be concerned about um, is whether or not the joke is funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it is one of those things like, you know, people make fun of it or whatever. But also, I mean, you can make fun of stand-up comedy too, because stand-up comedy is way more embarrassing than porn <laughs> so much more embarrassing. i would way rather have videos of my butthole being fisted online than videos <laughs> of me bombing on a, on a show <laughs> that's so much more humiliating have you ever bombed on a show yes everyone has yeah oh my yeah. god i can't even imagine it's the worst feeling because you can't leave you're like stuck there for the rest of your time Fuck. And you're just talking to people that don't like you and you're like, great. This is awesome for me. Ten more minutes to go. <laughs> right? God, it sounds awful. Jeez. Yeah. It's, if you kill, it is like the highest high. And if you bomb, it's just the lowest low. Oh my God. And I think it's that, you know, extreme. Again, it's people that are attracted to those kinds of extreme feelings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, same as porn. Like, if it's great, it's great. And if it's awful, it's awful. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I hear you with that. Like, I think what's, I think what's important in like our line of work, like being, being a sex worker, I think it's like so important to have the, the opportunity to laugh at yourself and to like make things light when, when you can. Cause you know, some parts of sex work can be, how do I say it? Like really isolating. I don't know if you've ever oh, felt like that before. Really isolating. Yeah, like, and, and just feeling like no one can relate to me. Like, especially when I first started sex work, I'm like, no one knows I'm doing this and I can't really talk to anyone about this. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's I mean, it's so good to have a community of other sex workers that you can talk to about it. Yes. Um, I mean, for so many reasons, like safety reasons and mm -hmm. for, you know, like just in general having someone to sympathize. Because it is, I mean, even to the point of like, I will tell people like, oh, sorry, I have to work today. And they'll be like, well, no, you don't. Like, you're just the only fan. You can just, like, oh my God. You, like, why can't you hang out? And I'm like, no, because I there's, like, a million other things I have to do. Yeah. And people not being respectful of that or, you know, just not understanding, like, what it's like to, like, even with, like, my, like, because I, yeah, I have big followings. So, like, I will put my phone down and, like, leave it for hours at a time because it's just too overwhelming for me. And I'll get people texting me, like, why aren't you replying? Why aren't you replying? Like, for my own sanity and mental health, yeah. I cannot be on my phone all the time. Yeah, like, your own well-being. Yeah, like I have like almost like sixty thousand Twitter followers. Like I get messages constantly. Yeah, like and some of them are upsetting. Oh, I'm so sure. Like, you know, I mean, not most of them. Most of them aren't like you know terrible. Some of them are just annoying. But it's like you <laughs> have to like I have to be able to walk away from that. And so yeah, I think people just don't always understand. It, it's something where yeah, it doesn't make sense unless you've been inside of it. Yeah, like yeah. my butthole. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, I guess the last kind of like bucket and area that I kind of want to talk to you about is your activism and like with sex workers and with sex worker rights and stuff too. Because then what I've seen online is that you're pretty passionate about this kind of stuff and really vocal about it too, which like I feel like more people should be able to express how they feel <laughs> about, you know, this. So if you want to go a little bit about that, like go into yeah. it. Um, again, I want to just like uh, state that I am in a very privileged position where I'm very lucky to be able to get to speak out. Yes. On a lot of this kind of stuff, because one, I have people that listen 
And also, too, um, I don't I've done in-person sex work in the past. Um, I've done like we didn't even hit on this, but I've done most kinds of sex work. I've done uh, porn. I've been a stripper. Uh, I've done obviously online content, OnlyFans. I was an escort for a while. Um, so I've done you've done everything <laughs> sex work. Um, but uh, I know there's a lot of people that aren't in the same position that I am or don't have the audience that I do. So I'm very grateful that I have people that uh, are willing to listen to what I say. Um, and I really try to amplify other voices because there are a lot of aspects of sex work that I, again, it's one of those things where you don't know how it works unless you've been inside of it. And I can only speak to my own like specific experiences in sex work, um, which are not universal whatsoever. Like I said, like I got offered a job in the industry. I had been to college, finished college first, um, like I, you know, I was an escort, but I was like for, with a very high end agency. So there's a lot of experiences that more vulnerable sex workers have that I don't. And I try to amplify their voices whenever possible. Um, right. And thank you. My, yeah. Well, somebody said that to me the other day. They're like, you know, one of the things I admire most about you is that you stay in your lane. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I'm really worried about people yelling at me on the internet. <laughs> there are a lot of people yelling at people on the internet so <laughs> I hate it I don't like conflict and so like I like if I, I have said like something before that got misconstrued or taken out of context and like it was horrible and I like spent days just like damage control no. um yeah it, I mean it was my bad I said something dumb um and I apologized and uh but yeah I mean I really try to speak up for sex workers rights in general um amplifying other people's voices and also just like I try to and I've realized this through comedy and podcasts and just other stuff the way that people outside of the industry react or treat me um is that I think I'm in a unique position in that I can make it very relatable for people that aren't in it so it seems like I have this ability to explain it to people in a way that makes sense and make it seem like you know sex workers porn stars are not this like alien species <laughs> like, we're, we're normal people with a an interesting job um and different responsibilities and different experiences and I think that I've had a lot of success in that kind of activism um and I really enjoy that and it means a lot to me to be able to get to do that um because I figure if I'm seen as more palatable to someone that maybe then they'll go listen to other people um, who are, you know, saying the same thing or better things or more things about uh, this kind of issue. So, yeah. yeah. So I love getting to do that. I'm a big chatter mouth. I'm also really uh, passionate about tenants' rights. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, my apartment building here in Hollywood got bought by a slumlord last month. No. Um, yeah. So I have unionized the entire building. Um, Good for you. Thank you. That's huge. <laughs> really fun. Um, we're working with like the local union and just to protect our neighbors uh, restore services that we need in our building. So we've been fighting that good fight and it's been really fun. I really love any kind of like activism, community organizing, any stuff like that. I just really enjoy. I, I like helping people at the end of the day. I was just going to um, say like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, I love. And the ability to, I was just thinking about this the other day too, is that I think when I was younger and I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do or be, I spent too much time worrying about being good at what I wanted to be okay. versus looking at what I'm good at and what I like doing and also recognizing that usually the things that you like are the things that you're good at. Yes. And you can 
again, parlay those into anything you want to do. So it's really just looking at, I have this basic set of skills and anything else you can learn, but your like innate talents and abilities and being able to use those to help other people, I think is just like my favorite thing. I know that that's what I want to do mm-hmm. with the rest of my life in any kind of way that I can or any sort of scenario I'm in. So, um, but yeah, I just enjoy doing that. So that's awesome. Like, that's so good to hear. And I really love your approach with like how you approach like sex worker activism. I think your approach really, really humanizes sex workers, um, which I think is so important because, you know, so many times we get portrayed in certain ways that we're like, we're othered all the time. And that kind of perspective needs to stop. <laughs> well, I constantly would get told too, like, well, you don't look like a porn star. You what? don't act like a porn star. Oh, uh, yes. You don't talk about it. And I'm like, okay, but I am. And so if I am, you should, that logic should follow that, like, there are lots of other people that also don't fit into the stereotype that you have of what we are. Yes. So, like, yeah, like, it, we're different people. Um, we're not just this, like, homogenous thing. Like, we don't, we're not all exactly the same. Um, like, uh, yeah. So, but it's been fun. I like just getting to do all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, sex work activism and organizing too, I think it's just so important and it's fascinating to see the way that like attitudes are changing Mm -hmm. like like, so, so rapidly. And also I want to say that I totally called this several years ago okay when people were like what are you gonna do when like your nudes are online and I was like I will bet you money that within 10 years almost everybody's nudes are gonna be online <laughs> and then OnlyFans happened and I was like fuck yes I was right <laughs> I just want it to be noted <laughs> you call it <laughs> yeah I just I like it when I you know I can be like I was right I just want that acknowledged totally. um, oh, but uh God. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, like, I, I think this is a really great way to kind of segue into the Q&A portion because I think we just ended on a really great positive note there. So thank you so much for all of your <laughs> all of your stories, your experience. Like, just it's been amazing. And I'm just still so amazed at all of the things that you do. Like, so much so he's so incredibly talented i never know what to say when people say that i'm always like i'm a piece of shit just (laughs) all right thank you i'm trying to be nicer to myself you're a talented piece of shit so yeah (laughs) so just a few questions that came in here for the audience but i guess we'll kind of go into the first question um what was your first inspirational sex worker joke if you had a sex inspirational sex worker joke. inspirational sex worker joke yeah oh um i was pretty inspired by the whole getting my first anal scene uh <laughs> canceled. um That's one of my favorite ones is that you know it hasn't really impacted my life or anything you know my family's very accepting i uh i do oh, have great. 35 stepdads and they all live in the san fernando valley so <laughs> <laughs> a Father's Day is a bit of a nightmare, but I bought stock in Hallmark, so it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, That's amazing. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> um, have you ever gotten haggled on stage? Um, yeah. Ooh. I've probably had people say one or two things. Like, I can't totally remember the thing I actually do tell people about like stand-up in general is that I think you have to be so egotistical to do it that even when you bomb like 
I, I remember how bad it feels to bomb, but like mostly I'll remember the one joke that actually hit. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you remember the good ones much more than the bad. Yeah. It's like childbirth. Like if you could actually remember the pain, no one would do it twice. Right. <laughs> yeah, just remember the good part. So good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then we have, do you think you'd still be working in porn if it wasn't for COVID? Like, um, I guess. Actually, that's a very good question because initially my plan had been at the beginning of 2020, I had started like like way before COVID was happening. Um, I was like, you know, like stand up was taking more and more of my time. I was doing more podcasts and like stuff was really moving forward on that. So I had kind of talked to my agent was like, you know, I think this might be my last year, but I was planning on sort of like easing out of it. Yeah. Um, It wasn't necessarily supposed to be like March 14th and was like, guess I'm done. Um, (laughs) Because I literally shot like I shot the last scene that I ever shot and came home. And like that night was when we got like our stay at home order. Oh, um, my God. In California and everything was just shut down. And it was a really it was a very eerie time. Mm -hmm. Um, That week was just it was rainy here. It's very rarely rainy here. Yeah. Um, and it was cold. It was gray. Um, oh my god! And it was being outside was really freaky. Like people were, you know, moving very fast, like getting in and out of, you know, stores and stuff. And it was just like, yeah, it was everything you see on the news. It was it was scary. Yeah. Um, so you know, yeah, I would have definitely stuck it out through 2020. Um, and then I probably would have transitioned out a little bit slower. But yeah, wow, you know. yeah. I mean, that kind of like really just abruptly halted. It did. I wouldn't be, uh, I guess, to like fully answer the question, I would have retired anyways. And part of it was that that had been in my head. I was uh, 26. Like I turned 26 three weeks into lockdown um, in 2020. And so I was, I think when I officially decided I was like sitting in my bathtub and I was like, I don't want to get my boobs done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't want to like do the whole like milf thing, uh, yeah. And so I wasn't because it does hit a time where it's like, okay, are you gonna like get a different surgery? And you're like, I was like, I'm not. So yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess like in in the end, it was all kind of like meant to be. Yeah, it did. I mean, going way back to what I said at the very beginning is, you know, it seems like in my life things tend to just kind of happen when they're supposed to, and I've tried to get better at trusting the universe or whatever. Um, because so far it's all, you know, kind of gone my way. So, uh, (laughs) even when it seems like it's not. (laughs) Well, I'm sure there's going to be more adventures that you're going to be embarking on and like random things that you'll fall into. So (laughs) from the sounds of it, so who knows? (laughs) And I guess the last question here is with porn being available online and this person I think is alluding to the quote unquote free porn that's online. Where do you think the porn scene will be going? Um, I think it's going to continue this uh, move towards, you know, user-generated content, um, independent content creators. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot more overlap in sex workers creating other kinds of online content because um, I've seen a huge, I mean, like you do this podcast. Um, there's a lot of sex work podcasts. There's also sex workers that do youtube stuff and tiktok stuff and if you look at the really really successful porn stars a lot of them like uh lana rhodes or mia malkova riley reed like they've really transitioned into also being lifestyle influencers um i think we're in the age of the influencer and that will continue um 
And, you know, I, like I was saying earlier, like it puts more power in the hands of creators and performers. I think that's great. I think there'll always be some segment of the market for traditional, like commercial produced porn. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm excited to see that move towards, and I think it has been moving towards more, like there's been like actual movies, you know, Mm -hmm. that have come out the last few years that are also adult. Um, And uh, I think that's really interesting because I would really like to see adult cinema legitimized, uh, legitimized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, as a real criticism, <laughs> like we were saying, even with like user generated content, like cam girls are some of the most creative fucking people on the planet. Yes, um, they are. <laughs> I have a theory that girls in like middle school that like super decked out their lockers when they first got them, they all became cam girls. Um, <laughs> they just love to decorate, but <laughs> glitter on everything. <laughs> I say that as a former owner of a very tricked out locker there we um, go coming from yeah. experience <laughs> from experience. I think there's there's a there's a pipeline um wow. so yeah and uh yeah just legitimizing sex work in general as you know it's an actual job an actual career it's a lot of work um and I think that can only benefit everyone um mm-hmm. so yeah Totally. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation. But before I let you go, Kate, where can we find you? So you can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. That's the as in the OG, like original gangster Kennedy, like the dead <laughs> president. Um, if you click my link that's in my Twitter bio, it goes to my link tree, which has links to everything that I do. My OnlyFans, if you'd like to subscribe, is and I believe it's on sale. I think it's free to join right now. Um, yeah, which it should still be uh, when this episode comes out, uh, is at theogkennedy.com. Um, and I don't have anything currently coming up right now. I'm actually in the middle of uh, going to be moving in the next couple of months. Um, I'm off on a new adventure. Yay. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely, I mean, stick around. I'm not getting rid of any of my channels or content creations right now. Um there might be some, you know, new stuff down the pipeline over the summer as I settle into my new life again. Um, but uh, I know I'm going to be producing a new podcast here in the summer, uh, which, yeah, I'm excited about. So, Oh, okay. We're going to all stay tuned. So be sure to hit, hit up those links, everyone. And don't forget new episodes every single Sunday. Don't forget to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. Spotify now has a rating system. So maybe you want to rate that five stars if you like it. Cool. If you don't, um, whatever. And it is uh, Strip I See on Patreon. Make sure you become a patron. That would be super, super helpful. And that's pretty much it for this week's episode. We'll catch everyone in for another episode next week. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandorama, and photography by Ian Dabern.